talking Illinois high school football. If your goals are as high as you talk about, tonight's the night you go out and just take one more step. It's a view from the West. And it starts right now! Welcome to View from the West podcast. I'm your host, Greg Armstrong. We have a great show for you today. We'll be talking to Moline Maroons head coach Mike Morrissey. Mike is heading into his fourth season as the Moline Maroon head coach. He has three playoff appearances and two Western Big Six championships while he's been on the sidelines. Following that, we'll be talking to Mitch Stormer, longtime friend of mine, loves Illinois high school football, and also, more importantly, loves uniforms. We'll be breaking down all the uniforms in the Western Big Six, and we'll start to form our own power rankings. Week by week, we'll be going through the uniforms that make up the conferences around the western side of the state, and we'll come up with a list that is the best of the best. So stick around for that. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for following along on Twitter at ViewFromWestPod. You can also email me if you're interested in being a sponsor. That's ViewFromWestPod at gmail.com. With all that out of the way, let's jump right in. Let's welcome in Moline Maroons head coach from the Western Big Six, Mike Morrissey. Mike, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me, Greg. Appreciate it. Coach, you know, it's been a long year for everyone. Tell me about your team's mentality getting back into things and heading into this spring. Obviously, there's no playoffs, so there's, you know, that a little bit less there. But what's the mindset heading in and just to be able to get back on a football field for you guys? Yeah, I think thankful as much as anything else. You know, it's been such a roller coaster ride for these kids and, and, and coaches across the state that uh, you really didn't know what to anticipate and what to expect. And I think there was even a time uh, actually right before we were given the green light to play uh, that a lot of people thought that it was pretty much done and, and a, dead, a dead point and it was over with. And uh, so I, I think the, you know, the mental roller coaster for our kids and for our coaches and people in our community has just been crazy. And, and, and I'm sure very similar to that around the state, like I said. But uh, at this point, we're just really, really thankful uh, that we're going to get an opportunity to play, an opportunity to do something and, uh, and try to make the most of it. You know, and I, I think because there is no playoffs and there's no, you know, th- things going out, you know, postseason or anything like that going on, uh, I, I think it gives coaches and, and staffs and around the state really some freedom and flexibility to, to try some different things out and to treat it like a spring ball. You know, you have, you have an opportunity to, to try some things maybe you've been thinking about and, and not worry about if it's going to cost your team a win or a loss because ultimately – you know, you're going to get the structure of the six games, and that's what we were guaranteed. So uh, I think you can open up, open up some really fun and, and exciting games and some different looks from people and uh, an opportunity to just try to be a little bit more creative. Yeah, well, now that we're at this point, let's talk about your team heading into the spring of 2021. Yeah, uh, so we're, we're going to have a very young football team, a varsity football team. Uh, you know, we have a good group of seniors that are coming back. That's kind of the core, and, uh, and those guys will be tremendous. Uh, but as, as we look at our roster and kind of what we're, what we're going to be putting out there, uh, this couldn't have actually happened at a better time because uh, we're going to have a lot of sophomores that are playing for us, a lot of juniors that are playing for us um, that we feel high on. They're really competitive kids uh, and that have developed, obviously, over the course of the year in the weight room and, and, and the things that we've been able to do. Uh, but we'll be young. We'll be a really young team. And uh, it'll be fun to watch these guys progress week to week as, as we move along and, uh, and just see them you know, kind of get caught up to the speed of the game at the varsity level. Yeah, I've talked to other coaches about, um, you know, if there's anything that is an advantage or a positive coming out of all of this is you really will get to develop some football players in the spring, which leads into hopefully a normal summer. And then boom, you're back on the field in the fall. Do you think there's some advantage to some of those sophomores and juniors that they're going to see a lot of reps and they're going to see a lot of practice time in a, maybe a shorter amount of time that they may not have seen otherwise? Yeah, I think so. I, I think so for sure. And again, for us, you know, our philosophy basically as a program is if you've stuck this thing out, you know, all the way from the summer uh, through the fall when we were having our contact days and everything else, if, if, if you've been a part of things and been consistent, uh, you're going to play this spring. You know, you're, you're going to get on the field. You know, and it's regardless of what your talent level is. Uh, we want to reward those kids that have bought into the program uh, and really committed themselves to being uh, the best athlete and the best football player they can be. So, uh, because of that, we're going we're gonna to let those guys play. You know, it's not, like I said, it's not about wins and losses this spring uh, as much as it is the opportunity to go and, and be able to compete and, and, and represent our program and represent our community and our school. Uh, that's what we're as excited about as anything else. 
Man, so even a, even a kid like me would have stood a chance to see the field this spring. Huh? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> Come on now. Anyway, I mean, and that's the thing. I mean, why not? This is the time for that, right? Like everybody's competitive in, in the fall. It'll turn around and it'll be like, hey, the goal is the state championship. The goal is the playoffs. The goal is the conference championship and those types of things. Uh, but we know that's not obtainable, you know, this spring. So why not reward those kids that have earned those opportunities and get them on the field uh, to wear their, you know, the, the, the maroon jersey and, uh, and represent our school. Sure. Yeah, that, that's really great. Um, tell me a little bit about uh, your kicker, Caroline Hazen. She, yeah. uh, you know, first female football player in Moline history and yep. got some big acknowledgments this past uh, few weeks with the Chicago Bears uh, honoring her, acknowledging her on National Girls and Women's Sports Day. What's it been like to coach her and to, to see her out there competing and her commitment to your football team? Oh, she's a superstar and in, in all aspects of the world. I mean, she's a phenomenal student. Uh, she's great. You know, you'll watch her in the summer on a normal summer setting and she'll be the first one there at the basketball camps with the little kids uh, working those types of things. You know, she goes all the soccer stuff and is a superstar soccer player uh, and then came on to our football program and, uh, and, and really didn't miss a beat. You know, it, it was it was funny because we we joked about the fact that we don't have a kicker. You know, we didn't have a kicker uh, coming in. And, you know, I'd, I'd mentioned something to her mom and uh, she was a little reluctant, I think, and really thought I was joking as much as anything else. But uh, there's a little bit of truth to, you know, the talk about it. And then in the summertime, her actually, her little brother was at our camp, at our youth camp, uh, like a couple summers ago. And sure enough, she came out to pick him up. And I was like, hey, let's line up, let's line up, kick a couple, just see what it looks like and go from there. And, uh, and she didn't hesitate. She was like, yeah, let's do it. Let's go. And, and she started banging these things through. And I, I think I remember all of us kind of looked at each other like, whoa, I, okay, this girl has no experience, no prior experience kicking a football. She's kicking it, you know, like naturally and those things. And obviously we had to work on some little fundamental things. And, uh, and for, to her credit, she's done that on her own. And um, she's just a tremendous young lady. You know, the, the guys don't look at her any different. Uh, she's part of the team and they celebrate with her when she does great things. And, uh, you know, I, I remember a time, you know, last year she missed – she missed one kick, I think, on her own, where it just kind of went and sailed left. And, uh, and our guys picked her up after that. You know, they just looked at the same way, like, hey, it's all good. You know, we'll move on. And, um, but she's a, she's a tremendous young lady. And, and, and the, the great part of that was, you know, now our JV kicker is a female. Uh, our freshman kicker this year is a female. Uh, so we have an entire uh, kicking, kicking core of, of, of female kickers, and they're just incredible. And they show up, they practice, they work hard. They're a part of the team. They're dedicated to things. And, um, honestly, we don't treat them any different besides the logistical things with locker rooms and those type of, you know, those types of things. But otherwise, uh, they're part of our team. You know, they're football players. That's, that's a really cool story. Cause you know, I think it's easy, you know, for you to say, or for Caroline to say like, I want to be, you know, someone that people look up to and sure. now to see it directly happening there are, you know, there's a direct line. She is making impact at, you know, Moline high school right now. That's, that's really cool. Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, my, my, my two daughters, their favorite player their favorite player unequivocally is, is, is Caroline Hazen. And it's sure, that, yeah. You know, which is cool. I think, you know, it's, it's neat to hear them talk about that even at home. Yeah. All right. We're going, we're going way back here. For those who don't know, your dad, Ed Morrissey, legendary head coach at Pleasant Valley High School on the Iowa side of the Quad Cities. Uh, describe growing up around a head football coach. And when do you remember, do you remember that relationship shifting from like, hey, I love being around football to like, Hey, I want to pick your brain. I want to know more about how you coach football and how you draw up play. You know, did that shift at some point growing up? Yeah, I, I think honestly, one of my one of my first memories, and this is really strange, but is uh, is taking a picture uh, in our living room in Davenport with my dad's 1985 state championship trophy. Like, like those are just the little things that, for whatever reason, just resonate and they they sit with you. And uh, and, and I knew from a young age. I mean, he'd be down in the basement, you know, working on football stuff, and uh, and I'd be going down there and playing or doing whatever I was doing, and and then he'd have me doing three-step and five-step drops, really just to see what it looks like. You know, not necessarily because I'm a, you know, he wanted to groom me like a Todd Marinovich type thing. He just, he just wanted to see what it looked like and see how I did it and, and uh, you know, and walk through things. And uh, so I, I remember very young, him, him always being working on those things on the weekends and, uh, and, and doing his football things and going even after Friday night games. Uh, you know, the whole staff would go somewhere and I'd tag along. Uh, and I'd, I'd watch for a little while, and then I'd just end up falling asleep on the couch, you know, as a little kid. But uh, I, I knew I knew from an early age that's that I wanted to be a part of that, and uh, I, I wanted to have the same type of impact that him and his staff had uh, on the players at Pleasant Valley and, and the kids that played for them and went on to do other things in life that would come back to reconnect. And, uh, you know, I think as I got older, 
probably you know middle school uh, or early early high school is when you know you really kind of try to look at things differently and, and try to look at things as far as you know coverage and, and fronts and and understanding responsibilities you know i knew i knew going into high school i mean i could tell you what every player's responsibility was on every every play you know whether it was a run play or a pass play uh and that was an advantage but i think that was just kind of a something i enjoyed something i enjoyed learning uh, at an early age and and he was obviously a tremendous uh example and, and somebody to learn from and still is to this day for us you know him being on our staff so uh, we're very fortunate that way but uh he, he was really dedicated to what to what he did at pv and uh, and they had a phenomenal staff of, of, of men that I still respect and, and look up to to this day. And, uh, and, you know, that's really kind of what we're trying to trying to mimic here at, at Moline as well. How many times during a game or after a game does he come up to you and say, what are you thinking? What are you doing this for? What do you, I would have never done that. Uh, he's actually pretty good during games. Uh, he'll, he'll, he'll recommend things as the court, as games kind of move on, uh, yeah. and kind of grab me subtly and do it. But, uh, it, it's more after, you know, when he's kind of been able to evaluate things and go through things where he'd be like, Hey, you know, we got to do something different here, or, or you know, we got to adjust this, or here's what we need to do, you know, off of this play to kind of have a package with it. And, uh, he, he's really, really incredible with that. And his, his experience and knowledge is, uh, is second to none with our system and what we do. So, uh, I, I lean on him quite a bit and, uh, you know, there's been times where, you know, family get togethers maybe turn into a little more heated on things when we start discussing uh, philosophies on plays and things like that. But uh, I know it's because he cares and he, he wants us to be successful just like he wanted, uh, you know, the kids at Pleasant Valley to be successful. Well, you kind of led into my next question because are, are both of your brothers, I know uh, your one brother's at Kentucky Wesleyan, correct? Uh, so he, he was at Kansas Wesleyan. Or Kansas uh, Wesleyan. Yeah, and now he actually is in uh, uh, Knoxville, Tennessee. So he's uh, an assistant coach at Knoxville Catholic uh, okay. down in Knoxville, Tennessee. Okay, and then is your other brother involved in football too? Yeah, so Jim is an assistant football coach for us. He's an uh, uh, coaches outside linebackers for us here. Okay, so there you go. So, you know, talk a little bit about having, you know, that, that family dynamic and how much do you pick each other's brains and you talk about, you know, maybe get a little critical, jump on each other once in a while, but what's that dynamic like with all of you guys? Uh, I mean, I think we've been, we've been that way forever, you know, for as long as I can remember, we, we were watching football games, whether it be high school games or college games or going to things in NFL games. Uh, I mean, that's just always what we've been around. And, you know, so now we'll sit and watch games and, 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 you know, write down things that we like that maybe we could incorporate into our system or our team. And, um, and it's always, it's always there, you know, that football piece is always there. Uh, you know, my wife was a, a softball player. Uh, she was a state champion and all state softball player in Arizona. So, uh, you know, she's got the athletic gene and, and, and kind of the competitiveness with her as well. And so it really never turns off. I mean, it's just something that's always, that's always there. It's always around. And, and I honestly, I wouldn't want it any other way. I, you know, we, we enjoy being around and I think football is such a unique game, uh, for what it can do, you know, from the mental and physical standpoint that, that really you can't compare it to anything else. It's just, it's, 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 you have to be accountable and you have to be a great teammate and you have to be disciplined. And there are all these things that will carry on in everything else you do, whether it be school or, or as a husband or as a father or, or, or in your job, whatever it may be, uh, the life lessons that you get from football, I think are unique. And I think it's something that, uh, you know, as much as anything we're fortunate to have as a family. And then we try to try to make sure our kids at Moline can share that same experience. Yep, absolutely. Uh, talk about your, uh, your time out in Arizona. You referenced your wife being from Arizona. Talk about um, coaching at Desert Mountain and your offensive coordinator, you know, some guy named Kurt Warner. You know, people, <laughs> yeah. people may have heard of that guy. What was it like working with him and just having him around and his knowledge and his experience? Oh, it, it was incredible. And I loved Arizona. I, I think I loved everything about Arizona. The football is, is, is incredible and it's at such a high level uh, and it's so competitive around the state. And uh, and you're able to do it pretty much year round, you know, with kind of contact days and those types of things, non-padded and there's seven on seven all year round. Um, the only thing I didn't like about Arizona was the teacher pay. Uh, and so that's what kind of, that's what caused us some issues a little bit down in Arizona is being able to afford it uh, and those types of things, our family as it was growing. So uh, other than that, Arizona was incredible. And to be around guys like Kurt, uh, who, who's just one of the most brilliant football minds I, I, I've ever been around. And, and I'm very fortunate you know, he, he's, he's been a contact for me ever since and, and somebody that I'm lucky to call a friend. And, uh, and we bounce ideas off each other all the time. In my first two years, uh, actually back up here, uh, he would call every Friday night, every single Friday night after their game. Uh, I'd get a call after they finished because we'd get done first and then they'd get done after. And, uh, and he'd just be talking about their game and what they did well and 
you know, different things that they tried out that, that, that worked for them and uh, things that maybe we could adjust and work. And, you know, he, he was such a passing game and still is such a passing game guru that, uh, you know, when he'd ask me things, it was typically about the run game. You know, what do you guys do, you know, against this box and against this front and, and a safety dropping down this way? And uh, so we just talk about that. And, uh, you know, he's got a brand new website that he's, that he's starting uh, here, here soon, this QB Confidential uh, thing that's just incredible. And he, he gave me a access to kind of test run it recently and uh so i've been all over that thing and it's just been amazing uh and so our kids have obviously been the beneficiary of that as well but uh, yeah he's just everything you hear about him is, is spot on he, he's a great man uh his family's incredible uh what he does for the kids is above and beyond and and uh, uh he's just a tremendous guy and, and a very very in my opinion he's the best quarterback coach in the country but uh he'll wait to probably do the nfl thing maybe until all his kids are done with school Sure. Yeah. I mean, how, how long were you in awe? I mean, when you would walk in a room and say, Oh my gosh, like I'm, I'm in a coach's meeting with Kurt Warner. Like how long did it take for that to wear off? And he just became your coach, you know, your assistant coach. Yeah. I think initially, you know, when, when I first got like a text message saying, Hey, you know, Mike, it's Kurt Warner. Like that was like, Whoa, okay. Hold on. Like what, what is like, what is going on? You know, I kind of told my wife, like, you won't believe this, you know, those types of things. But honestly, because we talked so much, early in the process of, of, of building our program and trying to do things with our football program, you know, he, he became a, 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 another assistant coach and then a friend. And, and it just kind of morphed into that uh, pretty quickly, you know, where, where he was just one of the guys. And believe me, like our coaches, when we would get together and, and talk football and things like that, at some point, you know, something would be brought up about his career or like, hey, you know, when you threw that pick against James Harrison in the Super Bowl, like, what were you, <laughs> like those things. And I mean, you know, as, as much as we would dish it out to him, he would freaking give it back. Like he was quick and he's clever and, 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 and I mean, he's super competitive, beyond competitive. But uh, so, I mean, it, over time, pretty quickly, it became something where you just, you know, when you talk to somebody every day, you don't really look at him in that light. He just becomes a coach and somebody that, that you know cares about our kids. And, uh, and then, you know, it, it turns into that. So uh, our, our guys pretty quick just kind of said, hey, it's Coach Warner. You know, it's Coach Warner and, uh, and that's who he became. And we didn't really think about it any other way. What are things that you learned from him that you, that you, I mean, you said you talked to him all the time. So I'm sure you're still learning things, you know, week in and week out, but what are things you saw right away that, you know, that you've taken with you, that you carry with you to Moline that you still kind of use? Just his attention to detail and everything, you know, you know, what he does and, and the quarterback fundamentals as much as anything, you know, he, he's, he, he's, he's so good about adjusting things to the kids that he's around uh, and being able to w try to find their strengths uh, and then help them understand how to kind of condense the game down a little bit. You know, I mean, everybody, everybody gets obsessed with, you know, coverage recognition as a quarterback and, you know, what coverage kind of dictates this. And he's broken it down in different ways where it's almost, it's almost in zones rather than, rather than, Oh, well, it's a two high. So it's gotta be a cover two or cover four. This it, it's just different. You know, he, he's, he looks at the game very differently than others. Uh, and then he finds a way to manipulate defenses, you know, playing the numbers games and, uh, and doing things like that that we talk about on a, on a daily basis when we talk football, you know, it's all like, well, gosh, if they do this, you know, you might have something on the backside if you just swing this guy out. Or, and he, he's just so clever, and the way he sees things is so different uh, based on what he saw, obviously, from, you know, the NFL and uh, his experience that way. So uh, what he's been able to do for our quarterbacks from a fundamental standpoint, uh, and then just to see the game a little bit different, you know, not, not to always view it, you know, the way that you're, you're taught to, but to try to find different ways within your own cognitive recognition of things, how to slow that down and how to see it where you can pick the right throws and make sure you're going at the, the right matchups within schemes and things like that. Well, my wife's a Northern Iowa graduate, so she's going to love to hear this and, yeah, and, know that, okay. and know that you're talking to Kurt Warner on a weekly basis. You know, it's going to blow her mind. I'm pretty, I'm pretty lucky. I'm pretty fortunate with that. Hey, let's talk about the, uh, the Western Big Six. You, uh, you guys came away with the title in 17 and 18, and then, you know, those newbies showed up in uh, Sterling, and they, <laughs> they kind of took care of business. But yeah. talk about year in and year out. It seems like the parity of this league, that there's not a big separation between one and even four and five, and especially now tossing in Sterling and Geneseo. And, you know, yeah. it seems like tossing a year and Galesburg is going to be competitive. Or if it's not Galesburg, it's Quincy that's up on top. Or it's Alleman. Right. You know, what does that mean? Tell me about the Western Big Six and what it does for you guys and, you know, the conference. Oh, I, I think from the time I got in here uh, in 2017 is my first year as a head coach. I mean, I, I remember going into that 
and saying like, you know what, there's, there's three or four teams that could easily be at the very top of this thing when it's all said and done. And then 2018 was very similar. Last year was very similar. Uh, I, I think that's the neat part. And I think this spring, I, I, I think the, the parity is even, even greater this spring as far as, you know, from top to bottom, I, I don't think there's anybody that can't be competitive or, or win a game against somebody else uh, literally every week. I, I think that's the neat thing. I do think, I do think Sterling and Rock Island um, are, are as talented as any teams uh, in our conference this year. I think they are just, they're, they're loaded up pretty well. And I know Rock Island has a really great group coming in of seniors this year, but at the same time, so does UT. You know, UT has their biggest group of seniors that they've had, I think in forever. Uh, and they're a talented group. So, you know, this, this, this spring is going to be a lot of fun. I, I think there's going to be a lot more close games. I think there's going to be, uh, you know, some games where you, you kind of look at the score and like, whoa, like, did they really beat this team or did they really do that? And uh, because I think everybody's competitive. I think Geneseo was, was really young a year ago. They're going to be back up to where they have been. Uh, I think UT, like I said, is going to be a whole lot better than people think. Um, Galesburg, I think, will be much more competitive even than they were a year ago. And they were really close to winning some really good games last year. Uh, Quincy will, will still be in that mix. Uh, and then, like I said, I think, you know, when you look at Alleman, they've got some good kids coming back. And then, and then uh, uh, Sterling and, and Rock Island, I think, are, are really, in my opinion, the two front runners uh, from a talent standpoint for sure. So uh, it makes it fun. It makes it fun to compete in a conference like this where every week as a coaching staff, you know you got to get your guys prepared to play because if you don't, uh, you're going to get exposed pretty quick and, uh, and be able to adjust to all the different things that teams are doing in this league. I think it makes it a lot of fun. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun to watch too. It, it makes for an interesting season because every year it just seems like you said there's you know, three or four, five teams that can be in that mix and can win you know, on any given Friday night. Hey, we'll go, we'll go a little bit of no huddle here. Okay. Let's name, name the Western Big Six coach that you like going up against. Who do you look forward to matching up with? Uh, ben Hammer at Rock Island. Okay, why? What's he do? Uh, ben, is, ben is just incredibly smart. And, and I think the things that Ben brings to the table, there's always little adjustments that he does uh, and little things that he, he sees schematically to basically help his team out against whoever he's playing. Uh, and I, I think he's a really – he's a forward thinker. He's an outside-the-box type of guy. Uh, you know, and at some point he's going to throw a trick play at you. That's a guarantee. So you've got to, you've got to spend 10 minutes throughout the course of the week talking about the random stuff that he's going to throw at you uh, and just know that it's coming at some point. Uh, you just don't know when, but uh, I, I think he's a, as good a football coach as we have in our conference. Awesome. All right. When I'm talking about, um, we're talking about Western big six uniforms coming up in the, in the next part of this segment. So if if you're not going Moline, you can't say your own school. Okay, okay. What teams, uniforms, colors, helmet, what other team do you like? Do you look and think, all right, yeah. I, I like UT. And I guess maybe because I was at Cedar Rapids Prairie, so we had the orange and the black going. Sure, yep. Uh, and I like, this, I like the color scheme. And honestly, I think what it really does is their field, their new turf field is incredible. And so with their, with their I mean, the way it's painted, the way it pops out, it, it, I mean, with that and their uniforms – uh, I'm going UT. I'm going the Panthers. All right. When we're talking about the Morrissey family, which one of the siblings was or still is the most competitive? Oh, me. For sure. <laughs> okay. Okay. For sure. It's got to be me. Yeah. I, I, think, I think in stupid ways. Like we have, we've gotten to points where, I mean, brothers are fighting each other. Brothers are punching walls in the, or punching holes in the walls. And uh, we, we've, We've had some, we've had some good moments. I'll put it that as a, as a family for sure. Do you think they would also say you're the most competitive? Uh, I think they'd probably say they're the most competitive. I think that's, that's true. That's yeah. probably why it, it, it's that way. I think it's just kind of the way it is. All right. Last one. So about a month ago, I think it was your sister posted a video of when your dad won the state championship back yeah. in 85 with Pleasant Valley. Really cool video. My question for you is, how much better of a football coach would you be if you had a mustache? <laughs> so I can't, I don't even think I could grow a mustache. That's how sad it is. I don't think I could pull it off, but I'll tell you what, I'm willing to give it a try. Uh, and, and my wife would have to allow this thing because she would be the first one to try to, to try to nix this one. But if growing a mustache like him would make me a better coach, I'd be all for doing it. So I think, I think it's worth a shot. Yeah. That's something as a staff, we try to, we try to run it this spring, <laughs> see if we're willing to do the stash because it worked for him and he pulled it off. Well, you know, he, he can pull that thing off. I'm not sure 
that I can, but I'm willing to try it. Well, I had never seen, I mean, I had never seen many pictures of him in his coaching prime, man. Oh, he yeah. looks like you. I mean, add a mustache. <laughs> and it's you. So, so the, fun, the funny part is I have, I have like, uh, like old pictures when I'm really young and he's younger, obviously. And it's football pictures. I mean, whenever they're getting pictures and my, my three-year-old son, when I ask him, you know, like, Hey, who's this, who's this in the picture? He'll point to me and he'll, he'll say his name and then he'll point to my dad and he'll say me. So uh, he, if he can't recognize it, there's at least some similarities, but, uh, if I gotta, yeah, if I gotta do the stash to, to be successful, then, Hey, we'll, we'll, we'll roll it. We'll roll it out this spring and give it a try. Like I said, I think it'd be, uh, I think it's worth a shot. So <laughs> it might be, it might hey, be. Thanks so much for taking time. This was great. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Good luck this spring. Thanks Greg. All right. For the second half of this episode of view from the West, I'm joined by a good friend of mine and, uh, you know, what do we call you? A view, view from the West contributor, uniform aficionado. Do we, go as yeah. far as, do we go as far as uniform expert? Yeah, well, I'm probably the only viewer or listener in Ohio. So it's a view from the further east at this point. Th that's uh, a good point, yes. But yeah, but uh, wouldn't say aficionado because I don't know if all my takes will be, uh, will be taken uh, lightly or agreed with. But uh, I, I'm an aesthetics fan, we'll put it that way. All right. Hey, me too. You and me both. I tell everybody I'm a uniform guy. So here we are. Well, yep. let me, let me introduce Mitch Stormer. Me and Mitch go way back. I was working at channel six and he was a highlight zone intern. Mitch, you're from Morrison, Illinois. Uh, yep. Give us, give us a, you know, a little, little background and where, where you're at now, I guess you're, you're, you're are by far my farthest listener away. I don't think anyone yeah. else will beat you on that. <laughs> that's I'll take it. That's, that's kudos. Uh, that's <laughs> high praise. So uh, yeah, I uh, am originally from Morrison, Illinois. Um, ended up staying uh, in the area to go to college and went to St. Ambrose. And that's where I got hooked up with uh, the zone and, and you initially back in, that was 06, I think it was 2006. I was going to say um, early on in my time here. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've been, I've been around since then. I remember I was in, I was living in Atlanta at the time uh, watching my Mustangs win I think it was their second title. I think I was at one of them. I don't remember which one it was, but I remember I was watching it on like ESPN. It was on some random, like before ESPN plus was a thing, it was on some ESPN alternative channel. So, um, and even now that I'm out in, in Cincinnati, uh, still keeping a, a close eye on everything back home. It's hard not to. I was going to say half the time when we're talking back and forth in text, I can barely tell that, you know, you live in another state because you're, you're yeah. on top of it. You, you know what's going on and you still well, got, uh, you got some ears on the ground too. So yeah, right. Yeah. Still, still pretty close. Uh, I know a handful of coaches, guys that I played with or, or guys that I at least played against uh, are still coaches in the area. So yeah, still have some close ties and uh, that'll never go away. Yeah. Well, you know, the reason I started this podcast is it's pretty simple. I just, you know, I love, I love high school football. I love going to a, you know, a game on a Friday night. And I feel like it's so much more than the game of football. It's, it's a yeah. community event, you know, being from Morrison and then, you know, helping out with highlight zone and seeing plenty of different places. What is it? What, what draws you to high school football? What, what keeps you interested in Illinois, even though you're, you know, you know miles away? Yeah, well, certainly uh, anyone who has played it or been a part of it in any any aspect will tell you that it's it's hard to get away from it. Um, and it's it's like you said, it's when you experience those things, they don't they don't go away. The the feeling of community and the feeling of a small town that closes down uh, on Friday nights and and if you're lucky enough on Saturday afternoons. Um, that feeling of of pageantry, you know, it's if it's the band, if it's just parents making noisemakers, whatever it might be, those things just, just stay with you. And, and the game is, is pure, you know, it's kids. They're, they're having fun. Uh, you know, if they're lucky enough to, to keep playing, you see some really good action. Um, but for the most part, it's just kids doing what they've probably been doing for a handful of years. And, and if they're on their last legs, that, that kind of puts a, an extra sense of joy into it because it's just, it's just pure effort. Yep. Absolutely. Well, talk a little bit about uh, how'd you get involved with the Highlight Zone? I don't even know if we've ever talked about it. How'd you find out about it? How'd you, how'd you end up yeah. there? And give me, the, give me the fun stories you remember about being a part of it. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. So uh, let's see. My freshman year of uh, of high school, or sorry, of, of college would have been the fall of 06. Yeah, the fall of 06. And at the time, our, our mutual friend, uh, Dustin Renwick, uh, was a communications major. And so he knew the head of that department in Ambrose and had classes with him or whatever the situation might have been. He was he was hanging out in the department. And I would imagine that that KWQC probably reached out to different uh, colleges and just said, hey, we need some some help. We need some interns, um, whatever that situation was. Well, he got wind of it and he told me about it. Um, and, and being from from Morrison and he was from Monmouth, we you know, we're all too familiar with the zone and, and uh, the feeling of seeing those cameras on the sidelines. And, you know, if a game got over at nine or nine 30, I mean, you were in your car and you were headed to the nearest TV to see if you got on screen to see how your, you know, how your team looked. Um, and so the excitement was certainly there and we didn't even think twice about it. It, you know, I, I think we got college credit for it. <laughs> um, but it was a no brainer. Uh, you know, we knew of uh, of Dan Pearson, the legend in the area, and so it's absolutely. A, I remember. I remember walking in. You know, in, in the old studio, you had to walk in the back, at the back parking lot, and walk in the, the door that was uh, just outside the studio, and you saw familiar faces. And then I remember just walking down that hallway and going into the sports room where Stock was at, and, and DP was in there too, and it was just surreal. Um, and I remember, I don't remember who I went with. I don't know if it was you. It probably wasn't. I think it was one of the old photogs, Randy, I think. Okay, yeah. Um, my first game in that fall of 06 was, was at Bettendorf. I do not remember who they were playing. I don't remember if it was Assumption. I don't, I don't think it was. But I remember it was at Bettendorf. And just, you kind of just got thrown into it. You just, you know, for anyone who is listening who isn't really aware, like, there's usually a theme every night, or there used to be. And you kind of just ad hoc'd it and made it up as you went along. And <laughs> yep. especially for, you know, being on camera for the first time and you're surrounded by screaming kids who at the time were only like a year or two younger than me, uh, you kind of felt like a king. And, and uh, it was just, like I said, the, the, the word to describe it is surreal. Just going from seeing it um, as a player and knowing what the program was all about to being a part of it. Uh, it was just, it was so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always, you know, I think a lot of people don't know like the adrenaline rush of being, you know, a part of it, you know, it's, yeah. you think, you know, all the actions on the football field, but man, there's a lot of action for us. You know, you're driving from game to game and you're leaving a game at sometimes nine, nine fifteen, and you got a 30 minute drive and yeah. you run back to the right. station. And I just love that adrenaline, man. I, I, you know, when I still get back to do it, help out with Channel 8 a little bit, like, I just love it. I, lo I love being a part of that, you know, that small part of the coverage, you know, knowing that they're not going to see themselves on ESPN or Big Ten Network or anywhere. This is, this, our cameras are it, you know, yeah. that's really cool. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, the important matter at hand, we're talking Western <laughs> Big Six. We're talking yeah. uniforms. If me and you get together, that's, that's where we're going to end up. So yeah. here's the way we're going to do it. We're going to go uh, week by week or every couple of weeks and we'll, we'll break down one conference and we'll talk okay. about their uniforms. And I think for each conference, we'll pick, pick a handful of schools that will kind of advance to our, you know, our final section. So I think if there's yeah. eight teams in the Western Big Six, we'll pick the top three. Yeah. And then, you know, for some of the bigger conferences, we'll have to figure out what our number is going to be. We may, we may have to expand it a little more. But then in the end, maybe we'll come up with our, with our top ten. We can then yeah. take that group and narrow okay. it down to a top 10. Okay. All right. Well, this week, we're going through the Western Big Six. How about we start with uh, actually a new uniform that we've been sent. Coach Nick Welch uh, hooked us up and sent some photos of a new uniform. United Township, they're up first. They're on the board. What what'd you see? What do you like? Tell me. I When I was doing research, um, or are you trying to, you know, do as much research as I could looking up old pictures or, or old stories and trying to find pictures of uniforms? It seems like UT has gone through some changes over the years, probably more than the other teams. Um, looking at the list of the Western Big Six, a lot of those teams have really kind of kept the same look. Um, and, and UT has has probably done that more than others, maybe Galesburg, but um, it seems like at least from things that I saw, UT has really done a good job of trying to mix it up and I think they've really they've really done a good job this year um, 
and for uh, anyone who hasn't seen them yet, it's a very it's a very clean look. It reminds me a lot of Oklahoma State. If if you're familiar yeah, with I the can conference see that. game, yeah, um, they're probably if you're talking that sort of color scheme, the orange, the black, and the white. Like Oklahoma State is the standard. Like they do no wrong. They do absolutely nothing wrong. <laughs> um, and so with with UT coming in, um, it's a, it's a Nike jersey. It has some sleek stripes. Um, it's got nice piping on the collars. The numbers really stand out. Um, but really, probably the biggest change from previous years is the helmet. Um, They've gone through some helmets because they had a couple yeah. of years ago, they had like a panther claw mark. Yeah, right. Which I like that, but it doesn't really brand itself as United Township. So I, I can see right. both ways. I liked it, but yeah. Right. And that's, and that's hard to do, um, especially when your nickname um, is Panthers because you're you're looped in with a lot of teams who are Panthers, Tigers, Cougars, whatever it may be. Um, and, and they've, you know, they're utilizing the paw print, which a lot of teams do, but what they're doing on their helmet is not only having that, but they're also having the, the UT crest on the other side. Um, and that's always, that's always an interesting look. And I think they pulled it off. Was, okay. General question. What are your thoughts on the decals not matching on each side of a helmet? <laughs> I think, I think it's possible. Um, there are certainly examples of it not working. Um, but I think with, with UT, it's, they did a good job of, of being able to, like you said, brand themselves in a way that's familiar with not only the nickname, but with the school name by having, uh, the crest on one side and the Panther on the uh, Panther paw print on the other. Yeah. I like, I like the look of these new uniforms. Um, I like that they've seemed to embrace the orange, you know, there's yeah. the, the white Jersey has all the orange trim on it. And, uh, yeah, I think they have a really, they got a good look going here. And what's interesting to note is I asked, uh, coach Slemmer from Sterling and, uh, earlier in this episode, uh, coach Morrissey from Moline, and when I asked about other uniforms beside their own team that they would go with, they both said UT. Okay. And uh, Coach Morrissey went in as far as saying, like, now the Sobol has turf and just the way that turf really pops, the, yep. it's, a, it's a whole look. I kind of I, – I agree with him on that. I think that there's something to be said there. They, they got a good look here. And I think – I'm not crazy about the helmets, not – decals not matching on each side, but I think they pulled it off here. I think yeah, I like – Yeah, I, I think it – I think it's one of those two that – maybe when you see it under a, under a, a Friday night light, it'll, it'll have a whole different, you know, look than when you look at it in a text message picture, you know, it <laughs> might pop a different way. It might shine a different color, you know, it might be a little brighter under a light. So give yep. it, give it some time. All right. Hey, we're moving on, moving on to Galesburg, silver streaks. I, I gotta say, I always feel like, and maybe it's the color scheme. Maybe I just like the silver and gold and black, but there's, there's so much potential in Galesburg. They always yeah. have like, man, they could have some really awesome uniforms. Uh, they're embracing more of a neon color now, yep. which is different than years past. I feel yep. like it's kind of like it's Oregon's influence. I feel like a right. little bit. And yeah. what are your thoughts on that? We'll start there you like that. I'm not going to be critical of anybody because okay. I don't, I don't think it's a bad look. Um, yeah. I'm not going to say that I like it better than what they used to be. Um, yeah. And that, and that's probably more just not really embracing the neon as a fan. Yep. Um, but it also violates one of my main rules that I can get in. <laughs> Here we go. And that is, is that at least when you play at home, I am not a fan of a lighter jersey uh, or, or wearing a lighter jersey than the color of the pants. And so when they have their neon yellow jersey and black pants. Okay. It's, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm, I'm not. It's just not something that I look for and something that I look at and say, like, okay, that's – I can get behind that. Not saying it's bad. It's just maybe not my taste. Okay. I, I'm glad you brought up the neon jerseys because they kind of, like, surprise brought those out last year, I think, on a Saturday against Rock Island maybe. Um, and my phone is blowing up. I think Matt Randazzo is there from channel eight and he was immediately texting me. He's like, Hey, yeah. you got to see this. You got to see this. Cause he, you know, he knows, but, um, I love, I love the look of, they do the railroad tracks down the middle. Yes. Yep. I'm a big fan. Any team in high school that does something unique, that's not a replica of a college or a pro look. That's awesome. Like be your right. own identity. So that's right. really cool. Um, and I think that, um, I like they do an all white at home or sorry. Um, they do the all white 
road look, which I like. Yep. Um, yep. So I, I don't know. Um, I always thought they could do a lot more with, you know, the gold, more gold and silver, but they've, they've mm-hmm. gone with the, uh, the neon. So we'll see if, we'll see if that trend continues, but overall I'm, I'm okay with it. Yeah. It, even if it's not, you know, your or, or my taste, kudos to them for standing out because it's certainly the, the brightest <laughs> of the Western <laughs> yes. Big Six, you know? Yes. Well, I think, and you know, it's interesting that we started with UT and Galesburg because they've shifted the most. I mean, their, their uniforms have changed the most over the years and then, man, you get in some of these teams like the, you know, Geneseo, especially, they never yeah. change. They're, they have a look. All of them has a look and it sticks. And that's, that's kind of the calling card of the conference. But, you know, these two teams have kind of created, you know, their own look and they've tweaked it over the years. But, um, yeah. All right. Moving on here. Where are we going next? And speaking of Geneseo. Yeah. I, I think you could have looked up pictures from last year or yeah. from 1974 and you're going to get yeah. the exact same look. Yeah. And that's not to, not to look ahead to where I'm going, but that this is, this is one of my top three. Um, okay. Yep. It's, it's such a classic look. Um, and that is part of it that they've had it for so long and you can uh, you know, you can make it, you can change that color scheme a, a bunch of different ways but they haven't and they really, you know, they've got the striped socks, which is really, you know, a one in the uniform. Yeah. But then they also incorporate the stripes in the pants and on the shoulder stripes and on the helmet. And that's, you never want to have like, you couldn't wear those socks without stripes on any other part of the Jersey. That wouldn't look good, but the way that they do it with, with every level, so to speak of the uniform, having stripes incorporated, it just, it just makes it look so good. Um, and just seeing them, it kind of like, even if they're not playing well, you know, uh, in in a game or in a season or whatever it might be, it just, that look kind of like denotes success. Like it just like, looks like they're good. Right. Yes. And they, you know, that might be, uh, they might get the benefit from, you know, having, uh, the, the Packer like look. Um, but it's just, you, you see that uniform and especially on that field that helps it too. Um, but you just, you see that uniform to me, you see that uniform, it, whether it's home or whether they're, they're away, it just, it's perfect. Like it, it is perfect. <laughs> almost more so than when I think of, when I see Geneseo, almost more so than I think of Friday nights, I think of a sunny Saturday afternoon yeah. at Bob Reed field. That, right. Like that uniform just pops in that, right. in that situation. Yeah. And, you know, I'm giving a lot of praise, and I agree with you. I'm giving a lot of praise to a uniform that looks pretty darn close to the Green Bay Packers, which disgusts me. I, I can't believe I'm going to say that. <laughs> I have to note, though, the green is a little different color. Yeah. The green is not as dark. Geneseo right. is a lighter green. Right. So right. if we're going to be, you know, if we're going to get it accurate, well, it's not I, the Green Bay Packers right. completely. Right, and I, and I know that they, they are very uh, – specific about that I, I remember I, it was a video I think it was on on QAD when they uh, introduced the new stadium that they were talking about how big the midfield logo is and they were yep. talking about how specific the G is different even if it's not by you know by the eye it is different than the Packer uh, the Packer G yeah yeah and it's you're right it's a it's a great look overall it's uh very solid all right let's see where are we headed next Moline Interesting yeah. to note about Moline is they deviated from the block M in yep. 17 and 18. And they had yep. success with it. They won, they won two conference titles or no, yeah. I'm sorry. I think 18 and 19, sorry, 18 and 19. Yeah. Right. Won a right. conference title in one of those years. Um, they were wearing the, you know, the Wolverine stripe. It just, that's not Moline to me. It just didn't, right. it didn't look right. So they're right. going back to the block M now, which I think is huge. Um, and when, when I look at that uniform, when they're wearing the white helmet and the all white uniform, that, that look is crisp. That's a good, that's a good looking uniform. I like Moline's all white look. Yeah. Um, the, the maroon and white is, is just a classic color in any sport. And Moline kind of denotes that too. If you, if you're just thinking of like Wharton or, uh, their football team, like it's just kind of like Geneseo, like you see those colors and they're just even if they're not on the court or on the field successful, you, you think that they are because they look like they are. Um, and yeah, when they, when they moved to the wings, 
I, I think I remember that day, like when it when it broke on <laughs> yeah. Twitter. I, I think the coach had, had tweeted it out, and you and I were just like, "Whoa! Like, it, what it, is going on here?" It was aggressive. Yeah, and and here's the here's the thing with the wings, because you know if it's if it's Princeton, if it's Delaware, if it's Michigan, if it's Morrison. None of those teams make sense to have wings. Like none of those mascots or maroons for that matter. None of those teams, or maybe it's just because no one knows here. No one knows what this is. Like, why are these called wings? I, Cause I think it started at Princeton or did it start in Delaware? I don't, I don't know. Oh, that's a good question. If it, started, if it started in Delaware, that doesn't make sense. This doesn't look like a blue hen wing, but I mean, not. It doesn't look like a wolverine. It doesn't look like a, a maroon or a tiger. So kudos to, to Moline for trying it. And I don't think that it's like, you know, oh, that's not a – because is maroon a bear? Like, it's not like you would look at that and be like, well, that's not a bear. Yeah. It's just, the wing is just such a unique design. And it just it, – it's, it's weird to say that it works for some schools and not the others. But me, for one, I, I also didn't really – understand it at Moline yeah I thought I mean it kind of fit the team a little bit and I, I should have asked coach Morrissey what why the what the thought process was and maybe it was you know player's choice or I'm not sure where it started but I felt like it fit the team a little bit because they were you know they were a fast team you know they had yes. a they had a high-powered offense and they could move the ball so I think you know it fit that description a little bit when you when you see that look but yeah. man seeing their look now with I, I love the I love the white helmet I Yep. You know, Moline traditionally had the the maroon helmet with the white M. I like yep. it being flipped. I really like yeah, the white helmet. They got some nice shoulder striping now, and it just it's a really solid look. I'm I'm a big fan overall yeah. of Moline's look. Yeah, and if if anyone hasn't seen that, it's it's the header on their their Twitter page. If we're not okay, able to show, if you're just listening to this or, or we can't show pictures, if you go to Moline's football Twitter page or the head coaches, I'm not really sure. It's yeah, it's the header page. Their new look is on the header, and it looks really nice. So there you go. All right. Quincy, kind of the, you know, the, the, the team that, at least, at least in the Quad Cities, we cover, you know, all the teams, but then Quincy's kind of the outlier. So, right. but yeah, we're talking Quincy. I like their look a lot. Yeah. I think that um, the Q, they kind of, I think have embraced kind of like the Oregon O a little bit. It's, it's stretched a little bit and yeah. it's got um, kind of a chrome look to it. It's like a blue, mm -hmm. but like almost like a metallic. I like that. Um, I think last year, a couple of years ago, they've done a couple different like alternate. They did like a yep. gray. Um, they did a black uniform yep. one time. So that's cool. Um, I will say I'm a big fan of alternate uniforms if, if it's done right. But also right. like I, I prefer it to be like a fundraiser or like a, you know, somebody's raising money for it. I don't want to see the school. I would love to see alternate uniforms. I don't need an Illinois school spending, you know, money on extra right. uniforms. So I, right. I hope that they're, I'm sure most schools are doing it that way, that they're, you know, getting the money raised, but um, just a little side note there, but what do you think, right. Quincy? When, when you see it, and especially if you see the blues at home with the white and, and then the white pants, it, it screams Duke. And that goes also with the blue devil nickname. And I don't know what they do on their basketball court, but I don't know if they're, they're trying to, to kind of go after that, but it's a clean look. It's a, it's a super clean look. Um, you can't, you can't do too much to screw up blue and white. And especially when you have it like they do um, and incorporate, if it's a black, like that's, that's a perfect, you know, alternate color to blue and white. Or if they, like you said, it was like a gray or like a lighter blue type of Jersey. It, it was a little different, but it still looked okay. Um, you know, I think they, I think they have Nike jerseys, so they, they look nice. They look sharp. So yeah, it's, it's a, a job well done uh, in Quincy. Well, when you have Jarrell Brock as your running back, I mean, you're pretty yeah. much going to look, you're going to look good no yeah. matter what you do. So yeah, you could wear jeans and it wouldn't matter. <laughs> no, I, I don't know if I'd advise that. I don't know if that's a... <laughs> well, they might be able to get away with it. He there might. <laughs> All right. We're getting back to the Quad Cities. Rock Island Alleman. Um, traditional, another uh, traditional look. Yeah, they've a stuck a lot with the same same style. They haven't deviated. They actually their jersey they've deviated a little bit. They kind of updated it. When yeah. for years it was always kind of the same exact thing. What do yep. you think? 
another another classic look that is mainly two color um if it's i think they kind of incorporate a little bit more silver than they do white um, they so just, and i think they actually kind of tweaked that i think they might have white pants now but for years it was always silver yeah yeah um so either way you can kind of keep white and silver hand in hand so to speak um i did like when they had i think if, if i'm looking again this is a disclaimer that we're look we might be looking at older pictures or, or we might not have seen if they have something new but I, I liked it when they had the bigger Alleman as opposed to the littler one. That's a new it. switch. Kind of yeah. like, kind of like Genesee and Moline do it. It's a little bit bigger. It's a little bit more stretched out. Um, so I, I liked the older Alleman uniforms that looked like that. Um, but another classic look, if they're playing on Augie's field, you know, I remember growing up watching those games, they'd always be the, the top game on the zone. If it was, you know, uh, if it was Rocky versus Alleman um, and you'd see the, the green helmet with the white and it's, like you said, it's a classic look. They haven't deviated from it. Um, they don't do much wrong. I would just like to see the bigger Alleman stretched up across the plates. Yep. I think I liked, I preferred the silver, uh, the pants. Yeah. I think that overall, I think we both agree that a couple of years ago, um, the way it had been for traditionally for years, I really liked that. And it's, you know, it's kind of that same feel you get with Geneseo. Like it just, it looks successful. You know, that's right. That's, they've won plenty of games wearing that jersey or that uniform look. So, you know, yep. why deviate from it? Um, yep. You know, and we're kind of the same thing. Here we go. Rock Island. They, yeah. you know, much different, you know, much louder colors, but they don't change a whole lot. Similar to Alleman. Yep. Um, a lot, a lot of teams in the area have, have red, you know, not, not necessarily red, yellow, and white, but certainly red. And I think Rock Island is a little bit brighter when it comes to that. Mm -hmm. um and and recently if it was new in 2019 or new prior to that but when it's got when they've got their red on and it says the rock and they've yeah. got the they've got the stripes now on the pants and i think that they have red and white pants yep. um it this is okay this is the second rule that i haven't uh i haven't brought up yet okay. and they and they don't follow it but it's it's an exception to the rule and you know this one is that i always like it when the helmet matches the pants there yep, are yep. Oh, I've heard that plenty from you. Yes. And when and when Rocky's at home, it's 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 yellow, red, red, or or yellow, red, white, whatever yep. it may be. They are an exception to that rule because it looks so good. Those colors are are crisp. That they're the right sort of shade, um, and they just they pop. See, I'm glad you say that because over the years when we've been covering sports and we'll be talking to people like. I get people who like criticize and say like, oh, those are terrible colors to put together. And I'm like, I don't know. To me, it looks great. Like, yeah, I love the look of it. And you give, give me, you know, that shot down the, down the scrimmage line of Moline and Rock Island, like about to square off. Like yep. that just looks iconic rivalry. I love yep. those two uniforms paired together. That rivalry, just the colors are perfect. And it, yep. I, I like, yeah, I like um, the different things that they do. I love the helmet. I, I love the, the RI logo. Like, yep. I know it's, it's simple. It's, you know, it's nothing super flashy, but it's iconic. You immediately recognize that yellow helmet with that red RI on it. Um, actually, it's, it's yeah. sitting right here behind right. me. So, yep. yeah, I just, I, I, I really like the look. They actually, they used to use, they had a rocks script that they okay. would put on the chest and stuff, which I thought was cool. That was kind of a, you know, a more vintage look or a retro look. But I also agree with you. The rock is cool. That's a cool yeah. touch. Like, yeah, it's fun. Do they, do they still wear their black alternative ones or was that years past? That was several years ago. And that okay. was actually like, that was their full-time home look, which yeah, that was a little too much. I, you yeah, know, it was fine if it. it was an extra, but yeah, right. the, the all black at home all the time, I felt like they, they kind of were getting away from their, true colors you know so. right yeah if you if you if you have if you have two colors and this kind of goes back to Quincy if you have two main colors and you add a black like that's you can get away with that depending on how it looks when you have three main colors like Rocky does with with red yellow white and you try and add a fourth one that's just that's too much just leave it keep it clean just leave it alone that's see that's why you're that's why you're on the podcast <laughs> this is gold this information is gold all right, the new one of the newest members of the Western Big Six, Sterling. They're also the defending Western Big Six champion. So uh, you've seen, being from Morrison, you've seen Sterling yeah. for years. So right. um, I feel like they used to do a lot more like 
bright yellow and they had yeah. some they had some really loud uniforms now they've kind of gone to a really clean look and utilized white and the blue yep. and i like it i like what they've done the last few years you know and it helps when we've talked about when they're playing well when that team is putting up a ton of points that they look good they play good like i i like their look yeah um their logo is is classic to to the area um yep. it, it, another team that when you when if you've ever been to that stadium and how it kind of looks like a, a d3 campus um you can you can see sterling and you just kind of like the same thing they're in the same boat as 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 geneseo uh and, and moline it's it's a certain kind of aesthetic that you just kind of associate with success um and yeah i think what they're doing right now looks really good with with navy navy tops um they have navy pants or they have white pants mm -hmm. um they also kind of can can deviate away from from my rules so to speak if they go if they've got blue lids blue top white pants white socks at home that's okay. that's a terrific look and yep. reverse in reverse at um on the road if it's if it's blue lid white 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 great look if it's all navy great look so yeah sterling <laughs> another team that it isn't isn't trying to deviate from what they're strong at in terms of their color scheme. Um, and they, they aren't screwing it up. I think if they had yellow pants, it wouldn't look as good. And yeah. that's uh, something that I wish that Augustana would, would deviate away from. Um, unless you had a yellow helmet and that we, I could go on and on about that, but <laughs> um, yeah, again, Sterling just, they, they do a good job of keeping it clean uh, and not deviating away from what works. All right, so that's the rundown. There's every team. We broke down the uniforms yeah. more so than people ever thought they ever needed to hear, but there it is. Yeah, right. You got, you got it all laid out for you. Yeah. There is no bad uniform in the Western Big Six. They all do a very good job. I agree. The other thing that you don't get in other conferences is that each school has a unique color scheme in that whoever is playing – whoever is home, whoever is away, you would never mistake one team for the other, for the other. You're in the Western big six. Each team is so unique. Um, and that's, I, I don't know how, how rare that is, I guess, without knowing, you know, the, the full lineup of other conferences, but you could just from afar, you can tell which team is which. And I think that's pretty, pretty cool. That's a great point. That's a great point. Now the tough task for me and you, we got to pick our top three out of the Western yeah. big six. Yeah. Do you, do you have your three? I have my three, but I don't know if I have them in order yet. My, uh, my head goes to like four or five teams. I got Moline, Geneseo, Sterling, Quincy. It, Rock Island is somewhere in the mix. Like it, yeah. it's hard for me to narrow it's, down it's, three. Yeah, it's it's super <laughs> close. It, the whole thing is like, I, I feel confident with my top three. Okay, but but four, five, and six, seven, and eight are really close, really close. And you could you can make an argument for if for any of them uh, at all, really. But certainly for me, any of the five that I didn't select in my top three, you could you could pick any one at four. All right, well. Let's go with number three. Who's your third favorite in the Western Big Six? I'm going to say Rock Island is number three. Okay. I'm going Quincy is my number three. Okay. Uh, number two, and this would, not have, this would not have been my answer last year, okay. but this year is Moline. Going, okay. back to the, going back to the white helmet. It's yep. going to be an awesome look there, number two. I'm going Geneseo, number two. Okay. My number two. Now, your number one. My number one is, is the, the green machine, Geneseo. I like it. I'm flipped. I'm reversed to you. My number one is Moline. Yeah. I just love I Since they've gone with the white helmet and now they're yep. going back to the block M, I love it. That's, yeah. that's, that's the look for me. Yeah. And, and like, like I said, the whole, the whole conference – you could make an argument for and that's that is not how it is with all conferences in the area um yep. they all do a, a really good job top to bottom all right well hey where where are we going next 
Your, your choice. What conference are we going next? Let's do track eight next. All right. All right. Three Rivers uniform talk coming up uh, soon. We'll promote that. But for right now, we got our top three that we'll save. And then eventually we'll get the area, you know, western side of the state conferences that we cover here, which include Western Big Six, Three Rivers, Lincoln Trail, Northwest Upstate Illini. We'll take those teams. We'll rank our favorites and we'll get a We'll try to get a top 10 list out of that. Yeah. That sounds good. Do that. Yep. All right. Well, Mitch, thanks for joining me. This, you will, uh, you'll be a reoccurring uh, co-host <laughs> and, uh, you know, uniform expert. You, you bring yeah. the goods, man. You got the uniform knowledge. Happy, so I love happy it. To, happy to talk about it. Happy to be on. That'll do it for this week's episode of View from the West. Thank you so much for listening. I encourage you to go out to Apple Podcasts or Podbean and subscribe so you can follow along and downloads will come automatically every week you can follow along on twitter at view from west pod you can also email me if you're interested in being a sponsor view from west pod at gmail.com thanks so much we'll see you next week